Welcome to Zurich's Risk Insight Series on Coronavirus, What Businesses Need to Know Now. Hi, I'm Renee Koa from Zurich North America. Today, we'll be talking about the impact that COVID-19 has made on telehealth services and the challenges this may present healthcare providers. Joining us today is Krishna Lynch, Midwest Regional Manager for Casualty with Zurich's Risk Engineering Team. Krishna has over 20 years of experience in the healthcare industry. Krishna, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Renee. I'm happy to be here. I'd like to start by defining what we mean when we say telehealth. It's using telecommunication technologies to deliver a variety of health-related services that support patient care and health education. Before COVID, telehealth was gaining steam but it feels like the pandemic really accelerated its popularity. COVID-19 has had a huge impact on telehealth services. Early on in the pandemic, medical resources were focused on treating COVID-19 patients and providers began using telehealth for non-emergency care. And let's face it, patients and healthcare providers have preferred virtual visits to situations that would put them in close contact with other people. It's also important to point out that Medicare and Medicaid loosened a lot of regulatory requirements to promote the use of telehealth during the pandemic. And that's had a major impact on its growth. I didn't realize that. Um, to level set, Krishna, can, can you say a little bit more about the impact of COVID-19 mm -hmm. on the general population of non-COVID patients? Absolutely. The widespread message to the public was that they should remain calm, stay at home, and practice social distancing. Well, this created problems for people with chronic medical conditions. They were confused and frightened, and they may have delayed getting the treatment and the care that they needed, even when faced with the potential of acute or progressive symptoms of their disease state. The consequences of these disruptions in care to patients, providers, and the healthcare system has become what I would call a second wave of pandemic challenges facing the healthcare industry. And this is also new. It's got to be a challenge for healthcare providers who are used to delivering in-person treatment. That's exactly right, Renee. Delivering care virtually, if you think about it, whether it's through audio or video or both was a first time experience for some providers. The risk for healthcare organizations could include liability issues and reputational harm, but there's another aspect that seems to be falling under the radar. As telehealth grows, many healthcare providers may not even be aware that millions of Americans don't have access to it. Millions? Can you give me some examples of who you mean? Absolutely. I'm talking about at-risk groups, and these are socioeconomically disadvantaged populations who are less likely to benefit from remote care. So think about poverty, unemployment, and isolation. These are already issues that impact a person's access to necessary medical treatment. Now the challenge we're faced with is that of remote services to these already at-risk individuals. I see what you're saying. 
Delivering telehealth services relies on the assumption that patients have the resources they'll need, as well as the ability to navigate online technology. And you're saying that's off the mark. I am, actually. People without access to smartphones or computers who can't afford to pay for the internet or even carrier fees, and anybody who's unfamiliar with technology. I'm, I'm thinking of my dad right now. He never owned a cell phone, much less a computer. Exactly my point. Digital literacy and health challenges can make communicating extremely difficult. Older people of color and those of low socioeconomic status are disproportionately affected by this digital divide. Mm -hmm. Anyone living near or below the poverty level may be impacted. And for a lot of older folks, but anyone really, with impaired vision or hearing, communicating over a computer can be a huge challenge. And you know, that reminds me, I read recently that internet access, it's not a given for a lot of people in say rural America. That's exactly right, Renee. The latest FCC report estimates that nearly 18 million Americans don't have internet access. Given all these challenges, what then should healthcare organizations be asking themselves? Well, some key concerns for healthcare providers as they relate to their professional and legal duties to patients might include, does this modality even work? Will I receive the proper payment, which is a big issue? Will I be liable for any malpractice? And how will this work in my current workflow? Boy, those are good questions. Um, and now turning to a claims and liability perspective, could you share some examples of potential issues facing healthcare providers and organizations too? Absolutely, Renee. So I would say one of the bigger issues facing this particular challenge um, really deals with a delay in in-person care for routine or non-emergency conditions leading to delayed diagnosis and treatment including possible loss of chance allegations for aggressive conditions such as oncology cases. And then we think about a failure to maintain appropriate credentialing, licensing, and peer review to ensure providers are providing care within their scope of practice and meeting performance standards, which is integral to quality patient care. And lastly, I would say um, we don't want to forget about the HIPAA privacy and security violations related to confidential communications on telehealth platforms. And I'm sure there are um, additional issues that healthcare organizations need to consider as well, but those are three big ones. You know, given what we've discussed, what would you say is on the horizon for telehealth as, as this whole process moves forward? That's a great question, Renee. I would say that although COVID-19 may have launched telehealth to the masses, optimizing virtual healthcare also means we have to address its limitations, specifically its ability to treat the underserved and other groups who find the benefits of telehealth beyond their grasp. And the, the question remains, how will telehealth integrate into the existing healthcare system. How is it going to work? 
Healthcare organizations are already struggling to find the right mix of in-person and telehealth visits. They need to strike a balance based on shifting the patient experience and preferences to patient care needs. And that's no easy task. Deciding what clinical circumstances are appropriate for telehealth and virtual management. Krishna, it has been great talking to you about this topic. Thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Renee, thanks for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. For more information and resources, visit Zurich's Coronavirus Resource Hub on our website, zurichna.com COVID-19. On behalf of everyone at Zurich, thanks for listening. The information in this audio recording was compiled from sources believed to be reliable for general information purposes and is intended for Zurich clients and business partners. The information contained here may be useful to you or your enterprise when developing your own policies and procedures. The policies and procedures applicable to your enterprise should take into account the specific circumstances of your business and business environment, which is beyond the capacity of this podcast. Any and all information provided is not intended to constitute advice of any nature and is specifically not legal advice, and accordingly, you should consult with your own legal counsel. We do not guarantee the accuracy of this information presented or any results and further assume no liability in connection with this recording and the information provided therein. Moreover, Zurich reminds you that the information provided cannot be assumed to contain every acceptable safety and compliance procedure or that additional procedures might not be appropriate under the circumstances. The subject matter of this recording is not tied to any specific insurance product, nor will adopting these policies and procedures ensure coverage under any insurance policy. We encourage listeners to seek additional information from credible sources. Thank you.